Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Becky Lynch and Lita were shown arriving at Raw at the very start of the show because they have a tag team title shot later. Good for them. Also, hello, welcome to Ups and Downs, the wrestling review show with me, Sam Miller, where today we shall focus on Montag Night Raw. And just some lovely advice for you. If you can, just enjoy professional wrestling because it makes you feel all warm and fuzzy in your dumb dumb. We then got this awesome video for the bloodline. I know I sound like a broken record, but you can just keep hooking these up to my veins because they're so damn good. And every single time it makes me go, well, I can't wait to see what's going to happen with the line of blood. Jimmy Uso and Sola Sokoa were then out to start the thing. And Jimmy was all like, we're, we're the best. And everybody thinks there's problems within the bloodline, but that's only if you're looking at it externally. If you're internally in the damn thing, you know we are just a family, and sometimes families fight. And I was like, yeah, happens all the time with my family. I go looking for my siblings, and I can't seem to find them because they've totally vanished. Jimmy also said that while Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn had tried to infect them, they weren't able to. And all of a sudden, he turned his attention to Cody Rhodes. Jimbo was mad. He asked us fans if they thought Cody was going to be the one to do this. And when all the fans went, no, you're wrong, Jimmy went, actually, no, it's you who is incorrect. And I was like, well, why did you ask the question to begin with if you weren't going to listen to the answer? This, of course, is when the Street Profits interrupted. Although I have a question. Why at this very distinct moment? I mean, what the flub were they doing before this? This was really good, though, because they started to wind up Jimmy by saying, have you seen those WWE 2K23 ratings? I'm pretty sure Jey Uso has a better rating than you. And it would annoy you, wouldn't you? You're doing up 2K and you're like, what the hell are you doing? The Street Profits then about to talk about Roman Reigns and Jimmy was like, we don't talk about Roman here because, of course, as we know, if you say Mr. Reigns' name three times, all of a sudden he appears and he chops off your head and then they had a big brawl and then it was time for a match. And I thought this was really fun too, mostly, because Sola Sokoa started this thing off he just batted everyone. And I tell you, if he doesn't win some kind of title in 2023, well, I'm not going to do much of anything apart from watch the show the following week, even after I moan about it on Twitter. Angelo Dawkins got the worst of this until he did a well-timed Y button press and was able to get the hot tag to Montez Ford. But then Jimbo was in here too, so they started having some fisticuffs when Montez just hit the most glorious crossbody you'd ever seen in your life. I mean, he got so high, I'm pretty sure that's illegal. He also busted Jimmy's spine, but he didn't notice that Sola had tagged himself in, so I was like, rut-row. But I suppose Angelo Dawkins did, because he too tagged in, 
This didn't go well at all. Casola just knocked Ford off the top ropes before he gave Dawkins a super kick and he hit him with the Sabrina spike and he pinned him for the one, two, three. So again, it was just Solo Coa getting in the ring and going absolutely bonkers. I tell you, I love this man. The bloodline were going to finish these two dudes off afterwards as well when street attired Kevin Owens appeared and he was busting out some power bombs and he was busting out some stunners before he just walked away going, oh, I am the best. And we shall hear from Kevin later, though we'll talk about it then. We did learn, however, that we are going to be doing Kevin Owens versus Solar Sokoa next week. And that gets my head going, because what flubbing direction are we headed in? It's a good one, I can tell you that. And then, well... We got a raw segment from 2021. Because it's meant to be the VIP lounge with MVP, when all of a sudden Brock Lesnar, who was the guest, walked out first. And this would be like tuning into the Tonight Show, and Tom Hanks just comes barreling out before anybody else has arrived and just takes over. Be like, man, what is wrong with Tom Hanks? Brock was in a good mood though, as he did say hello to some fans before he sat there. And he just waited for Umvup to arrive. Now, MVP did come out here and Brock was doing some dancing. This was great anyway. And quite smartly, he was like, look, I'm just going to hang back in the aisle way. I don't really want to get suplexed this evening. Lesnar was all like, oh man, I just want to talk business. So MVP, being the idiot he was, believed in all of this and they got in the ring. (laughs) This is when it got so weird. Because MVP was all like, oh man, you want to talk about the challenge I laid down with Omos. Well, you took on Brock Lesnar at the Elimination Chamber and you weren't able to beat him, so you definitely won't be able to beat a giant. I've been thinking about this all morning. None of that connects together at all. Brock still high-fived MVP because he was ready to do this match and to celebrate the fact they'd come to an agreement. They were going to drink some booze when Brock was like, no, drink my booze. So MVP did drink his booze and then like this booze, so he spat it right in Brock Lesnar's face. Like he was doing some Triple H cosplay. This led to Lesnar, of course, giving him the F5 and just leaving. And look, I don't mind if you want to do Omos versus Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. I think there's better matches for Brock. Hey-ho, life continues on and it's pro wrestling. You can do whatever you want. But I need to be sold on the idea. And I watched this and I was like, nope. I think that sold me on anything. They also don't understand how we got here after we had a Bobby Lashley Brock Lesnar DQ at the last premium live event. I mean, surely those two beasts want to collide again. So I do have to give it a down. I'm not entirely sure where this has come from. Kathy Kelly was then interviewing Becky Lynch and Lita, and they're very excited about their tag team title match later, because one, they are going to win, and two, they don't give a flub about Bailey. And as we were going to find out, it's because they had an ace up their sleeve. And then, my friends, it was Cody Rhodes versus Chad Gable. Now, I have no idea why this happened or what it tied into, But man, this was some good wrestling madness. It also got a solid 10 minutes. And I tell you, this Chad Gable, man, I mean, Cody Rhodes is great, but he's already getting his push. So at some point in the next 12 months, I need Gable to get his two. I mean, at one point, Cody jumped at him and Chad grabbed him out of midair and he gave him a German suplex. That was Grassetik. Gable was also able to work over Rhodes' leg for a little bit, because if you can't stand, you can't win, which I'm pretty sure is a quote from Rocky IV. And of course, because Otis was on the outside, he kept casting distraction. Although at one point, I think Otis saw like a pretty girl in the crowd, and he was looking at her. When Cody came up behind him, he was all like, oh man, yeah, you're pretty good looking. And Otis thought this was Chad Gable, before he turned around and was like, you're not Chad Gable. 
You're Cody Rhodes. It's the best thing I've ever seen in my life. Chad was able to hit a moonsault after this for a near fall, and I was a bit like, well, no one is ever going to believe that. Because if Gable did get the victory here, it would mean he was going on to WrestleMania. And one day, honestly, WWE should do that just for shibs and giggles. Anyway, after all this goofiness, eventually Rhodes got back in the ring, he hit the Cody Cutter, and he hit the crossroads to get the one, two, three. And this was just a damn good matchup. And honestly, it made me feel satisfied and content. And do you know how important those two things are? I tell you how important they are. When you push them into an acronym, it would spell sack. And everybody loves a sack. Let's get it up. Rose then also made sure to increase our interest for SmackDown 2 because he was like, oh, hello, everyone. As you know, me and Roman Reigns haven't really looked at each other yet, but I hear he's going to be on SmackDown, so I'm going to be there too. Oodalally. And then... Poor Baron Corbin. Because his new gimmick seems to be that interviewers start interviewing him before they cut to someone else that they deem more important. That's exactly what happened here. Because before Corbin could say anything, we went to Kevin Owens. Now KO talked about how the bloodline are now suffering for their consequences and that he's not done with them. But the key sentence that came out of his mouth was, but I still don't need any help. So of course we are teasing and we are building to the point when Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn get back together... I will tell you this, I will be honest, tears will come out of my seeing device, but I'm not ashamed. I'm not embarrassed because we have these things for a reason to celebrate Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens coming back together. I'm going to leave now. I also now assume that Kevin Owens will also kick Baron Corbin's ass at some point because that seems to be what happens. You interrupt one of his interviews and then you beat him for the three. We then got our new WrestleMania movie parody that featured Bianca Belair and Montez Ford from the fabulous movie Titanic. When we were with the Judgment Day, this is what I started to do. I'm a very weird guy, but that's how much I love them. Dominic started by saying that he's going to find Daddy Ray and take him to the condom prison or something like that. When you put it all together out of context, it's hilarious. As Rhea Ripley told us, come WrestleMania, she's going to beat Charlotte Flair. I've said it once, I'll say it 72,961 times. Do that. Otherwise, once again, I'm going back on social media. Finn Balor was also his usual chaotic drunk self. And he was like, Edge, I told you we weren't done. So I'm putting out the challenge now. I want to take you one of the granddaddy of them all too. Now, this has been the long rumored Hell in a Cell match. And that stipulation hasn't been confirmed. But it does make sense. Because if you put them in the cell, the rest of the Judgment Day can't get in. Like when I try and go home for Christmas, <laughs> the doors are just locked. We then found out a little bit more what is going to be happening with Otis on this show, because he bumped into the maximum male models. All right. Maxine Dupree told him how great it was to see him out there earlier, and they'd love to see him in another match this evening. And Otis was so excited about this. He was like, oh, yeah, I got to find Adam Pierce. <laughs> it just stomped off. Honestly, he only said about three words, but for some reason, it was genuinely funny. That guy's just good. There are two key takeaways from this as well. Marseille Mansour didn't seem 100% sure about this, so put that in your noggin. And also, the Wrestling Observer Awards came out recently, and the Maximum Male Models were voted worst gimmick. What the hell is wrong with you? Who is doing... Do you just want wrestling to be really serious and drab all the time? Of course you don't, because there are four words that justify all of this. Goofy wrestling for life. And believe you me, if it did go away forever, you would soon start to regret it. And then Oscar defeated Carmella. Good. No, I don't mean that in a bad way. I just think from now to WrestleMania, Oscar should be kicking everybody's ass. She should win the championship so that when Bianca Belair beats her later in the year and wins that championship back, 
everyone comes out the other side smelling and looking like a bigger star. We also kept mentioning the fact that Carmella did beat Oscar back in 2018, which was kind of irrelevant. That's like me telling you back in 2008 I had long hair. You're like, yeah, but Simon, you're now a bored asshole, which is true. And look, this was a competitive match, so we did give Carmella something until she did fall into the new version of the Oscar lock. And of course she's tapping. Have you seen that maneuver? That's like Oscar's trying to rip your arm off. And I'd rather have my arm. Not if it looked like that. And it's really not a big deal because nobody's going to remember this by tomorrow anyway. And straight after, Oscar did call out Bianca Belair. So Bianca Belair did arrive and she was like, oh man, we're going to have a great match at WrestleMania. Especially because you can't spell WrestleMania without EST. Now, actually, you can. I mean, it would be pronounced Rawlmania, but I would still watch that. I'm a geek wrestling fan and I can't help myself. Carmella then attacked them from behind. And this is just because we are going to do Carmella versus Bianca Bella next week. So Bianca could beat her too. So Oscar and Bianca are basically on the same level. But I thought this did the job. Mostly, I'm just excited that we are doing this match at the biggest of all the shows. Giving it a When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful, too, for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help? a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash whatculture. Then I was stunned. Stand. It was Piper Niven versus Candice LeRae. And I was all like, oh, well, I know what's going to happen here because Piper Niven's being pushed as a monster. And she'll get the three. But she didn't. And Candice won instead. What? And Nikki Cross came out with Candice, even though LeRae didn't know this. And she was watching from ringside the whole time. And I suppose Piper didn't like this because at one stage, she just went out there. She took Nikki Cross and she threw her into Barry Barricade. And some people tell me to drop this, but I won't. I understand what you're trying to do. You don't understand the support Barry needs, and you're trying to push me off course. 
Well, nothing will ever stop me for asking for justice for Barry. It totally screwed over Piper Niven too, because when she got back in the ring, who was waiting for her like a hawk? Obviously, it was Candice LeRae. It wasn't like Doink the Clown or anything. And she hit the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment. <laughs> the surprise roll-up. She got the three. I'm not really sure why we did this, because it didn't feel like the right place or the right time. Although, of course, we have to bring down the surprise roll-up board, which counters all surprise roll-ups over AEW and WWE, and we mark it up by one. But the major problem here is that the crowd just didn't really care. Now, they were kind of quiet throughout all of Raw, but when these two things came together, well, it just didn't really work. I really have no idea where this is headed either, apart from the fact that ages ago, before Nikki Cross went crazy again, we did have all those skits between Piper Niven and Nikki when they were talking in the back. But we haven't really referenced them later, so I'm not sure it is going to tie in. Giving it a down. We did get a Johnny Gargano interview after this, and he was really proud of Candice DeRay. Of course he would. This is where the Judgment Day found him and Johnny was like, oh, you're all a bunch of goths. Damien Priest's like, oh man, what an inventive insult. Maybe you should come up with something else. I was on Damien Priest's sides here. So when I turn up, he oh man, it's just the YouTuber. You know, I am a human being. I can be more than one thing. It was around this time we also found out that the opponent Otis had found was Johnny Gargano. So Finn Balor was like, well, if you can get past him and you don't get squished, like he was an apple or something, we can fight next week. I was like, wait a minute. We're doing Finn Balor versus Johnny Gargano on Raw next week? Sign me up, daddy-o. Or something better than that. It was also time for Miz TV after this. And look, I can count. I can do maths. I'm a smart guy. We already had the VIP lounge. And now we're having Miz TV. That counts as two talk shows on one episode of Raw. Let's just do it. Because yes, hello, welcome to Simon Says, because when there is more than one talk show on Monday Night Raw or any episode of Wrestling TV, I do my own talk show to run this idea into the ground. It's me and Puppet Miller. Now, are you going to be nice to me today? Yes. Really? Yes. But why? You're usually horrible to me. Well, I've turned over a new leaf. Oh, well, that's wonderful. Shall we have a hug? Yes. Oh, all right, brilliant. Come on, bring it in, Puppet Miller. Oh, it's about- <laughs> should have known. And if you thought that was weird, watching me dance with a puppet of myself, this segment was even weirder. Because the Miz came out and he was like, oh man, let's talk about my wife, Maurice, who I love very much. Do you know she got me an anniversary present last week? And we did know. And the present (laughs) is that I am the host (laughs) of WrestleMania. I was like, who the flub is Maurice? I thought Maurice, at the very best, was just a member of the roster, but apparently she now running WWE. The Miz did this in a proper over-the-top way, too, because he was like, oh my gosh, the guest of my show is the host of WrestleMania. And of course, it was The Miz, meaning somebody else in WWE had signed off on trolling our audience. But all of a sudden, Seth Rollins came out and started to take the mick out of The Miz. And The Miz was a bit like, you have been doing this all the time, and it makes me quite sad. And I was like, yeah, he's right. Seth kind of pushing it a little bit. Seth also called the Miz a b-hole, so I was like, well, I'm going to sue for gimmick infringement because that's what I call myself. But of course, the only reason we did this is that the Miz could go, I'm not a b-hole, I'm an a-hole. So Seth Rollins could then go, you called yourself an a-hole, and the Miz was like, you know I didn't mean it like that. I kind of stared off into the distance and I said, I have to remember this when I'm on my deathbed. 
I'm gonna regret it. Ron is then chatted about the fact that he'd been trying to get hold of Logan Paul, but he wasn't able to, so he told Miz to ring him. And understandably, the Miz went, well, no, I'm not gonna do that. You've been really mean to me. Why would I do you a favor? He's right. Seth didn't care about this, and he just super kicked the Miz, so what a b-hole he is. But then actually, it was quite funny, because he got the Miz's face. He unlocked his phone, and yeah, he did a little bit of FaceTiming with Logan Paul. And they basically agreed to meet each other on next week's Raw. And then before he hung up, Rollins went, ha ha, you're a bitch. And then pushed the off button. So he didn't even give him a chance to retort. Now look, Logan Paul is clearly the heel and Seth Rollins is kind of the face. But Seth Rollins ain't acting like no face. Rollins then continued to be an ass as he curb stopped The Miz because the opportunity was there. And look, I think Seth Rollins versus Logan Paul is going to be brilliant. I really like The Miz and as the host, it's the perfect role. That man never misses. But this in terms of a segment, well, it just felt a bit flat and it went too long and it didn't help the fact that we'd already had a talk show. I know, we're being negative Nancy's today. I do apologize, but I still love you and I'm still going to give you a bunch of hugs. Getting it down. Damage Control were then talking about their title match later, but don't worry about it because they got it down. They ain't gonna lose their titles. And right after this, we cut to Austin Theory. And he's still mad because he's like, everyone talking about Damage Control, everyone talking about John Cena next week. Why is nobody talking about me? Well, I tell you what I'm gonna do. Given that John Cena is on Raw in seven days' time, I'm gonna go face to face with him. So look, this is absolutely our WrestleMania match. So let's have Austin Theory win. Because as I've told you before, if you're gonna push him, let's push him right. Bobby Lashley versus Elias was next. This was pointless. Elias got in the ring. Bobby Lashley kicked him around for a while, applied the hurt lock, and that was that. And the main reason is because Bob wanted to cut a promo afterwards. He was like, look, I hate Brock Lesnar. That's why I did away with him at the Elimination Chamber. And I also hate Bray Wyatt now, because I watched SmackDown Bray, and I think you should keep my name out of your mouth. He then went to leave the ring when all of a sudden Bray Wyatt appeared on the big screen doing the muscle man dance. And of course, when we got to the end of it, he said something like, you should run, which is actually very good fitness advice. Now, I cannot argue with the people that are now saying, Miller, I understand this Bray Wyatt stuff. It makes no sense. And it really doesn't. But in terms of a segment, I wouldn't say I really enjoyed it. And I wouldn't say that I really hated it. It was kind of just there. So I am going to give it an up because I believe in my heart of hearts, deep down in my tootsie toes, that this could result in the Hurt Business versus whoever Bray Wyatt's group is going to be at WrestleMania. And if we do do that, oh my gosh, that appeals to me so much more. So I am setting my own expectation bar here and hoping that I do go over it because that's just a more important or a better way to live your life. And even if I'm wrong, who cares? I'm wrong all the time, but that's why I'm giving it an up and manifesting it into existence. Chelsea Green was then yelling at Adam Pearce in the back after this. You know the deal, I love this character. Because she was still mad that she got sent to the wrong city last week, even though it was in Canada. And Adam Pearce was like, you're Canadian, how did you not know this? When Carmella walked in, and that's when we set up Oscar versus Carmella for next week. But the most interesting part is once Adam Pearce had left to pretend he had a phone call, Carmella got on really well with Chelsea, and Chelsea got on really well with Carmella. So if I was WWE, I would make them a tag a team. Johnny Gargano versus Otis was then next. This was really goofy, so I liked it. It was actually really cool to begin with because Otis caught Johnny Gargano out of midair and just threw him into Alan the announce table. And because the maximum male models weren't ringside, he kept trying to impress them. Of course, at one point, Marseille tried to interfere. And because Dexter Loomis is Johnny Gargano's buddy, he just appeared and he grabbed Marseille. 
and he dragged him through the crowd. Now, this is not the first time that Dexter Loomis has done this, and does anybody care that he is kidnapping someone? The answer is no. Owens, of course, couldn't handle this at all because he wants to be a maximum male model, and it basically caused the distraction because Johnny Gargano then grabbed the big man and he DDT'd him into the ring apron. And the ring apron, hang on. Slow ahead. I can go slow ahead. Come down and chum some of this shit. You're gonna need a bigger ring. John then followed up with the one final beat and he did get the victory, which was kind of surprising for me, although I guess he is fighting Finn Balor, so you can't have him lose twice. And I don't mind that Otis did get defeated, because soon he will be in the Maximum Male Models and I'll be having the time of my life. I mean, this really was super short. I don't see how you can get mad at it. Up. Kathy Kelly was back with Paul Heyman after this she wanted to talk about Cody Rhodes. I even love the fact that Cody had decided to go to SmackDown to confront Roman Reigns. When Kathy was like, well, actually, he didn't say that he was going to confront Roman. He just said he was going to SmackDown to see him. And Paul was like, are you kidding me? Do you not know what's going on here? And I'm sorry, he was 100% correct. That's a stupid thing to say. Paul, of course, knew the deal, but he had a spin because it's not going to be Cody confronting Roman. It's going to be Roman confronting Cody. This was a bit like my dad can beat up your dad. But hey, that's been happening since the playground days. Let's put it on the grandest stage of them all. Which brought us to our main event. <laughs> and what a Reddit thread this was. Because it was Damage Control versus Becky Lynch and Lita for the tag team titles, which is already crazy. And it ended when Trish Stratus returned to Raw and helped these two become the tag team champions. I mean, where did that come from? You also have to ask the question, well, who let her in? Why was she in the building? And yes, sure, Lita showed quite a lot of ring rust here. But here is the deal. I wrestle every single week. I understand how hard professional wrestling is. Sometimes you just need a little bit of time to find your feet again. So I ain't gonna rag on her here, especially because in the nicest way possible, it's not like she's as young as she used to be. You always have to count her for age. Otherwise though, this was all right. And my major disappointment with it is that because the tag team titles or the women's tag team titles always vanish into the abyss after a while, when you do get a title change, WWE tries to make it a big deal as they should do, but it always falls just a little bit flat because again, for like months, they haven't existed. However, this is a good way to reverse that, especially because at one point, Bailey just threw one of the tag team title belts into the ring. That distracted the referee, which is when Bales pulled Lita off the apron and Dakota Kai and Io Sky were able to smash Becky Lynch with a double suplex. This is when from nowhere we heard, oh, it's time to rock and roll. Which is Trish Stratus' theme. She must have broken into the place. She ran down there. She took out Bailey. And then when she saw Lita, she gave her a hug. Because if you are a professional wrestler and you are doing some kind of running, once you have done your attack or just beforehand, you've got to do some kind of a pose. Lita also got the hot tag here and she did hit this kind of weird move. I don't really know what it was, but she was also able to get the twist of fate when Becky Lynch locked on the disarmor onto Dakota Kai when Lita was on the top rope. She hit the moonsault onto Sky. She got the one, two, three. Brand new tag team champions. We got all the fireworks. This felt like a big deal. Trish Stratus was here too. And you're going to have to guess when we get to WrestleMania, it will be Bailey versus Trish and it'll be Becky and Lita taking on Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler for those titles. And actually, all of that sounds pretty good. 
up. The main point is that we have to make sure that we do keep these tag team titles alive because there's a bunch we can do with it, especially if we're about to make more pairings such as Carmella versus Chelsea Green. And it brought us to the end of Monday Night Raw. And I admit it, some of the stuff here was more of a miss than it was a hit. But when you get to the big stuff, it's just so damn exciting because it is the road to WrestleMania. Now, of course, please do click one of the videos that are on the screen in order to check out some other content here on What Culture. Maybe it's an ups and downs video. There's only one way to know. Like the video, share the video, and subscribe. We're also on social media, and we'd love a follow at What Culture WWE and Simon Miller 316. My name is Simon What Culture. Thank you very much for joining me as always. Remember that you are the greatest person in the world, and I believe in you. See you soon. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.